Coming to theaters January 26th, Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. Was it the rapture? Yes, I saw it happen. After millions of people vanish and the world falls into chaos, a charismatic leader rises to become head of the United Nations. How do we know who we can trust? Trust God. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Neil McDonough, and Corbin Burnson. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. This film is not rated but suitable for ages 13 and up in theaters for four days only beginning January 26th. Go to leftbehindmovie.com. From the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. The millionaire maker, Hillary Kramer. Travel with a third-generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. Thank you, Lonnie Perkins, and uh, we do wish you a uh, very happy Thursday, friend. I don't know what you're up to, but as you are making your way through your Thursday evening, we are glad to keep you company here on Legal Night at Radio Night Live, uh, the local version. Uh, although, I guess coming up, Imran Ansari and Nick Malone, I guess after this next Saturday, when the final Radio Night Live OG airs, because that's the last time that the weekend version of the show will be called Radio Night Live. Uh, this will be the one and only Radio Night Live left standing. So uh, kind of a kind of a passing of the torch there. But uh, anyway, we're glad to have you here. Uh, nonetheless, it is legal night. That means we're going to get into a lot of the legal goings ons across the country. There was some uh, big developments in the Idaho murder case this last week. Things m- moving along there. Uh, and we've got some other, uh, I would say, heartstring stories tonight to tell you about. Uh, should should a man face the same charge, whether he's white or black, if the circumstances are identical? I think that's a fair question to ask, and that's uh, raising its head in a case uh, tonight as well. But first, let's get over to Imran Ansari. Hello, Imran. You've been a little under the weather. You were going to do one of those hostile takeovers while I was away for the holidays, and you weren't able to quite pull it off. How are you feeling? Well, you know, I'm on the mend, Kevin, and I was so looking forward to guest hosting uh, while you were away enjoying some time uh, off and well-deserved time off around the holidays. And then, uh, you know, I got hit with the dreaded coronavirus, and, um, you know, this was my second bout with it, with COVID. And, you know, the last time was with Omicron when, you know, everyone seemed to have it. This time, you know, my wife tested positive. I then ended up testing positive, and I didn't have any symptoms at first, but then it sort of caught up with me, and I, I still, right now, I don't know if you can hear my voice, I still have, like, a, a residual, you know, I'm, I'm all negative, I'm in the office, I'm, you know, here, uh, back on the radio with you, and but, you know, it, I gotta say, <clears throat> COVID sort of kicked my butt this time a little. You, you sound uh, you know, just yeah. a little bit weaker than normal. I mean, it's, uh, you don't sound terrible. Little. But just yeah. you just sound like you're trying to fight through it. And man, do I identify with you. I was somebody that uh, dealt with when I was growing up uh, and all through teenage years and into young adulthood. 
I had seasonal bronchitis, and what that basically meant was every time the weather would change drastically in a short period of time, I would just have it terrible. And to work in a business where you have to use your voice 365 days a year, um, that was the kiss of death for me. So it was, it was something that I learned to, to try to control. And then, to, honest to goodness, and I'm not just saying this because they sponsor our, our wellness night, but Balance of Nature, seven years ago, I started taking it, and I've not had uh, seasonal bronchitis since. So really? um, I do feel for you. I know how hard it is to push through with the voice. Uh, when you're when you're feeling uh, especially upper respiratory a little bit uh, weaker than normal, but we're glad you're here. I was going to uh, ask you: Are you going to send the medical bill for your for your COVID to uh, to Arthur Idala? Because I'm pretty sure you got it playing saxophone for his band. Uh, you know, I don't know. We got to do some contact tracing, but that'd be a uh, pretty hard, uh, given the fact that you know <laughs> we had a packed holiday party. You were there. Was I was there. Party. Yes, I was. I you know, thank God I didn't get hit with this before. Uh, the party because, like you, you mentioned, I I was playing saxophone and that you know requires a lot of uh, lung support, in the respiratory yes. uh, sense. But you know, um, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was great to see you and the wife there, and uh, yeah. But um, I'm hoping to be back on the saxophone uh, sometime soon. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're uh, you're you're kicking and well enough to be here tonight. That says a lot. Uh, just your desire to do that. Um, let me start off tonight by saying, as we as we sit here at this moment, um, I've lost track, but I think we are somewhere on the ninth or tenth time that the House is voting for Speaker of the House, and what we are watching play out, in many respects, I consider to be a circus, but in many respects, it's also a little bit of an exercise in our constitutional, uh, you know, mechanism that is is there. And Imran, I know you studied constitutional law. I'm very interested in your thoughts on what you're seeing play out in Washington, D.C. right now. Yeah, no, I mean, Kevin, it's, it's fascinating. I'm sort of uh, checking out what's going on here. And, you know, you're watching the tallies. I think, uh, you, you know, and as and by as the Kevin, way, let me let, breaking news here. I think it was in the eighth round. It might have been in the seventh, but somewhere in the seventh or eighth round. Matt Gates, congressman from Florida, actually did put 45's name in the mix as and he received at least Matt Gates's vote. So Donald Trump got one vote for speaker of the house in either the 7th or the 8th round. And again, I I've, I've forgotten which round we're on now, so I, I don't I don't have any uh, pretension to to know for sure. But yeah. uh, I thought that was kind of interesting cuz a lot of people had had wondered, well, you know, what if uh, what if somebody nominates Trump and he gets to be Speaker of the House and Nancy Pelosi has to report to him? And I thought, well, that could be kind of interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not in, in the least bit uh, thinking that that's going to take place. But it, he did get nominated, at least. Well, there you go. There's some support, right? You know, and it would make for a great, uh, great Radio Night Live, great radio uh, if that happened. <laughs> There'd be a comical sort of thing going on there. Um, so, but yeah, no, what, what do I think? I mean, listen, it's um, it's interesting to see how uh, things are going down the party line and, you know, the internal sort of uh, factions, um, you know, but and, and we'll see how this plays out going forward, because uh, whenever you have any division like that, it starts uh, raising questions. And I, I'll, you know, I'll be frank, Kevin, you know, the politics right now is is. Uh, something that concerns me, you know, because and I'll, uh, I always say this, I want things to be smooth because things don't get done uh, if there's too much 
uh, you know, strife down in D.C., uh, whether it be between the parties or internally in parties. Uh, and sometimes the people who suffer the most are just your average American citizens, while, you know, politicians sort of duke it out. Um, things don't get done. So we'll see how things play out. But I'm hoping uh, at some point we have some sort of, uh, you know, the ship is steadied, if you will, and business gets done down in D.C. Well, I think there's an obvious uh, job opportunity for someone down there if they can make the most and seize the opportunity. And it's the person who would uh, create and sell the popcorn to the Democrats while they watch this uh, take place over and over again. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of money to be made for the popcorn maker uh, for the Democrats. Um, no, actually, you're really right. And the thing that really bothers me about the holdouts is they have put forward this message that they are the tried and proven and true and pure version of, of what the center right wants in the country. And in reality, um, when they were dealing with Kevin McCarthy behind the scenes in the run up to the actual vote, they said, um, we'll support you, but you, you got to give us these 20 concessions, 20 changes in rules, 20 um, d different ways that things would be done that you know were not like they had been done before. And he gave them every single thing on their list, and they still came out and voted for other people Right after he gave them all their concessions. And then they said, well... Here's another 20 that we want, and you got to give us these. And, and these started to get really insane. They, they wanted a guaranteed uh, positions on committees that, that outranked people that had more seniority. And that ain't how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works anywhere. But, you know, he, he's not, he can't just suspend the rules committee and go, well, we're just going to, you know, just, you know, blackjack the, uh, the committee chairs. No, you got to, you have, there's a process for all of this stuff. And, I get really uncomfortable as someone who is predominantly independent and, and predominantly conservative. I get really uncomfortable with these 20 um, kind of thumping their chests going, you know, it's our way or the highway and we're the only way that's right. Um, yeah. Part of the job of the speaker is to bring a very diverse caucus together to try to get work done. And it looks like Mr. McCarthy's going to have his uh, work cut out for him. That's for sure. Let's take our first break. Come right back. It's legal night. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. Don't go away. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. <laughs> so tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. All right, Happy New Year, and just like we did in 2022, in 2023, you're going to get to ask real questions and get real answers from one Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan. And Mike, we start the new year with Tom from Brooklyn. He said, I inherited my uncle's house. Now, what do I do, Mike Connors? 
Well, you know, Tom, the, the answer's up to you. Obviously, you inherited the house. You can do one of two things. You can sell it or keep it. Uh, if you keep it, you can rent it out. And if assuming you inherited it, it was done the right way, you can basically rent out that property probably for about 20 years tax-free. And that's usually, I'm simplifying it, but that's usually the way it goes. Or if you sell the house, capital gains are wiped out by death if the inheritance was done right. And then you can sell the house tax-free. So congratulations, good luck, and do what you want to do. That seems pretty simple, but I know that uh, some of you have um, much more difficult questions. And you should send them to Mike because he's going to be answering them not only here with Kevin McCullough, but also on his own broadcasts every weekend, 8 a.m. on Saturdays on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, and also on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. You send those questions to askmikeconnors at gmail.com, askmikeconnors at gmail.com. And then if you have uh, personal questions that you need, you know, substantive uh, response to, and you need a team to help really sort through your end-of-life planning, call the number and get an appointment, 718-238-6500. The McCulloughs had all of our end-of-life planning done with Connors and Sullivan, and I will tell you, you are in perfect hands. They have five convenient locations throughout the tri-state, and it's your your best bet is to uh, call them today and ask uh, for an appointment, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, with that note, Happy New Year, and thanks so much. Happy New Year. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca Raton. Your show is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show, you guys put together a team. I love your show. Everybody's beautiful. We're very fortunate to have a great American story, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970, The Answer. The Eric Metaxas Show, tonight at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. You can't sleep, you can't eat, there's no doubt you're in deep. Radio Night Live from New York, here's Kevin McCullough. Another kiss well, we're glad you're with us. It is legal night, and we are um, going to jump on some uh, legal stories here, but just a couple more minutes on the uh, goings-ons in Washington as everybody is uh, is observing this. And I, I got my hopes up today, uh, Imran. I was... I was actually in my yoga class this morning, and my my Fox News alert kept going off on my watch, like, and um, I was like, "What's there's there's news breaking out here?" And so one of the things was that um, Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills has awakened, and they say that he's completely neurologically intact, which I think means that his brain suffered no um, injury um, that is going to be long-lasting and that it looks like his 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 nervous system um, is going to be intact as well, which means he will probably have uh, much slight, much slighter or maybe none at all uh, lasting effects from uh, the uh, massive cardiac arrest he had on the football field the other night. And so I thought, well, that's that's good news. Uh, and then the, the watch did it again. And um, all that the headline showed me on my screen was that Putin called a ceasefire. And I was like, whoa, he called a ceasefire. And I'm like, I'm, and I can't look up anything on the watch because the screen is too small. 
And then I found out it was only for Orthodox Christmas. So it's a little bit anticlimactic, but, you know, I was hoping for some better news. But we didn't get any news at all. And when I was telling people about this at the class, I'm like, you know, here's Ukraine, here's this other thing. And they're like, yeah, but what about what's going on in Washington? <laughs> like, yeah. No no progress there. Uh, sorry. Uh, we'll just have to keep uh, counting on the 12th or 13th. Whichever one they're on now, uh, how many rounds it's gone, I'm not sure. Um, all right. Imran, let's talk about some of these stories. Now, this murder case out of, of Idaho has all the makings of, like, the scariest thriller film that can be imagined. Um, and we haven't discussed it at all because he's just been taken into custody and identified within the last week or so. But as you're watching this as a former prosecutor and as a criminal defense expert, what are you seeing in the investigations and what's taken place in how they're uh, how they went about making the arrest? You know, do you see any red flags? What 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 do you what do you make of that story so far? You know, Kevin, this, so this has really enthralled the nation. Um, after this tragic murder uh, in Idaho. And that what we learn now, of course, we know that uh, Brian Koberger has been arrested and he was uh, arraigned today on murder charges um, along, you know, murder and, and uh, you know, other charges related to this crime. Uh, and we also finally, because a lot of people didn't know any of the details, well, you know, the public didn't really know necessarily the details, what led to the probable cause of the arrest of Brian Koberger. Um, and now we know we know some of the evidence that prosecutors and law enforcement has to establish their case uh, against him. And that would be forensic evidence. We learned that there was a DNA that was a match to um, at least what could be, say, a familial line to Brian Koberger. But right. there's a DNA match to a knife sheath that was found in the home uh, that then matches to Koberger. That is very strong forensic evidence. Uh, given the, the sort of circumstances uh, surrounding this crime. So you have a DNA match. Secondly, you have cell phone data. Well, so hold on. on, on I just want to ask you a question on that. Sure. So on the DNA match, they're saying that the DNA on the knife sheath matches Koberger. And as far as we know, the only Koberger DNA-wise that could be related to any of the DNA that's found at the scene, the only one that was in the state at the time was the suspect. That's correct. Yeah. So because I believe if you that have the match, the match goes to a uh, what could be the paternal, right? Like a paternal match um, uh, with Koberger that could be attributed to the biological father of Brian Koberger, right? So, so if he had, have, if there were other yeah. relatives there, they they could also be possibly considered. But since he's the only one that was in the state at the time, that's pretty damning. It's it's very strong. Uh, and then what will happen, um, most likely there will be a uh, uh, an order, a court order, where Brian Koberger will submit to DNA testing. Uh, and then if they are able to establish the match directly with Brian Koberger and that knife sheath, then that's even stronger evidence, right? Because then right. you have a match between the evidence found in the house, at the scene of the crime, if you will, and Brian Koberger. What they have now was enough to establish, you know, at least one point of probable cause to effectuate the arrest of Brian Koberger. So the match would have been from the biological father of Brian Koberger. Uh, and I believe that exclusion, right? You, you exclude what could be other possibilities as a source of DNA. And I think it's a 99.9998% that it would be uh, someone else, right? Uh, you know, or it would have matched excluding anyone else. 
So when you put that in, in, in context, as you said, that Brian Koberger would be the only person with that sort of DNA familial line in Idaho, and then you place that actually at, inside the home, which is the crime scene, that's pretty strong evidence. And I think that's going to be, you know, buttressing that DNA evidence with taking a swab from uh, Brian Koberger and making and running it against the DNA on the knife sheath and, and making a match there. Secondly, they have cell phone evidence. Um, they have evidence pinging uh, Brian Koberger's cell phone, um, you know, going to and from the location. My understanding is that there's a gap where, um, and again, these are uh, this allegedly, right? These are allegations uh, that Brian Koberger may have allegedly turned off his phone um, during the time frame in, in which these crimes were committed. Now. Let's let's connect the dots there. Ryan Koberger is a guy who's you know studying uh, criminal justice, right? And he's he's someone who's familiar familiar with with some of the investigative techniques. So it, it would be completely plausible that he would have the knowledge to turn off his cell phone so there's no cell phone data pinging uh, at the location at the the around at the, the time center. of the murder, but, right? Yes, but you have the pings going sort of tracing towards the location, and then it's turned on again later. Um, and that is also, you know, going towards the Washington state border, I believe. Um, and then, of course, you have the the uh, white uh, Hyundai Elantra. Uh, and you have that is also matching up with where they're having these pings. And Kevin, one of the most sort of haunting piece of information that we learn uh, is from uh, one of the roommates, the roommates who uh, get, tell, told law enforcement that I think around 4 a.m. or so, uh, she or he, um, you know, the, the actual identification is not disclosed, but I believe that the other roommates were female. So um, that she sees the uh, a, a shadowy figure. You see, sees someone who's masked, uh, who has a athletic build uh, and bushy eyebrows. So I would assume that this is a mask, you know, almost like a face mask, like a, a COVID face mask right um and and that this person is in the location walks past her uh and then leaves the location so with this if you have a uh you you know this description if it matches up also with koberger and his general physical description you're getting all these points uh which could allow the prosecution to really have a strong case one thing which i think is really fascinating is that the public defender that was appointed Brian Koberger in Pennsylvania uh, went as far as to say that he's confident that Koberger uh, will be exonerated. And he's looking forward to going back to Idaho for his exoneration. That, that's a pretty strong statement. You know, as defense attorneys often will say, OK, you know, our client is looking forward or a client enjoys at okay, this time. Hold, hold that thought, Imran, because the yeah. computer's going to cut us off. Take this break. Okay. Come right back. We're talking the Idaho, Idaho murders. Stay here. Sponsored by Pfizer. This winter, there are new COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against recent Omicron variants. If it's been at least two months since your primary series or original booster, schedule your updated COVID-19 booster dose at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. 
Their hosts are big names, and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Tap into our big names to help grow your business. To find out more about it, reach out to our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling 212-857-9639. Ready to start a business in New Jersey? The state's New Jersey Business Action Center is here to guide you through the process. Call us at 1-800-JERSEY-7. That's 1-800-JERSEY-7. This message sponsored by the New Jersey Business Action Center, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. You know when you start up a motorcycle and you hear it go, when it takes off. I was losing that. I was losing my energy, like everybody does as they grow older. And I don't want to be tired. I don't want to look tired, and I don't want to be tired. I started using Balance of Nature about a year and a half ago. Noticed the results immediately, and I went, oh my gosh, this works. This is what I've been missing all my life. (laughs) I'm loving life actually more than I ever, ever have. I missed my vava voom. I got it back. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. See why Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of others have had life-changing success with balance of nature. Take advantage of our New Year's offer while you still can. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. That's 1-800-246-8751 and get $25 off plus a free fiber and spice when you use discount code KLG. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate? If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10 a.m., our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters of real estate. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Ion Real Estate. Dottie and her terrific team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there's no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. She's a legend. She's the best, period. Tune in to Ion Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 a.m. here on AM 970, The Answer. That's I on Real Estate. Don't miss it. Saturdays at 10 a.m. here on AM 970, The Answer. The only station in New York that doesn't hold back. AM 970, The Answer. Back to Kevin McCullough and Radio Night Live from New York. Well, it's legal night, and we're talking about some of the bigger uh, legal issues facing the country, and certainly one of the most grisly murders that have been uh, that's popped up into the national uh, kind of consciousness of recent are these four kids that were murdered in Idaho. And uh, Imran Ansari is back with us. Uh, and Imran, just before the break, you, you kind of meticulously laid out, um, you know, a lot of evidence that the um that the that the prosecution has at their disposal and and this is just the stuff that they that they're telling us publicly we have no idea what else they have uh, you know from the murder scene and and some of the other dots that could be connecting but this is what they're willing to tell the public it it seems to me that they feel pretty confident about that but before the break you were saying that his defender a public defender in pennsylvania is kind of talking smack like he's he's saying he's going to go uh, be exonerated back in idaho and you were you were about to make an observation about that 
Yeah, no, so Kevin, I think it was pretty bold of Jason Labar, that's the chief public defender of Monroe County in Pennsylvania, um, who made a statement to press uh, that, you know, Koberger is saying it's not him. He believes he's going to be exonerated. And I think he, he, he made a statement that he's almost looking forward to going back to Idaho uh, to uh, exa have exoneration from these charges. I, in the context of a, a, a defense attorney, we're really not having the uh, full picture, if you will, of what the prosecution has, the charges that the client's going to be arraigned on, uh, and really in the infancy of an investigation, prosecution, arrest, to go and use the word exonerate is, is a pretty bold concept, right? You know, as a defense attorney, if you're going to, you know, at all, if you're going to talk to the press after an arrest of, of your client, you're going to maybe say, you know, my client enjoys the presumption of innocence at this time and he's going to be, you know, he's going to defend against the charges or he, he maintains his innocence or things like that. But exoneration is sort of a loaded word, right? Because you're, you're saying that there's going to be evidence uh, or lack thereof that's going to show that he's completely uh, not guilty of the crime he's going to be charged really in an infancy of a case. So, you know, I thought it was just very interesting that this public defender, who ultimately is not going to be the uh, defense attorney who's going to represent Koberger in Idaho to face the charges, to to really boldly go out in the infancy of this this case and say that he's going to be exonerated. I, I, I you know, those, do, you those think pretty, it's, yeah. do you think it's just being foolish or do you think uh, it's a part of a strategy? I think it's an opportunity to maybe get, get his, his voice out there, which, you know, I, I, I won't. <laughs> You know, I, I can't fine. imagine. I can't imagine an attorney wanting to get his name out there. You know, for <laughs> I don't know. I, that, you know. <laughs> but uh, but you know, that seemed seem like something they would do. You know, it's just, I have a hard time we, understanding we it. Certainly here at the uh, the Idala Fortuna and Camas, you know, myself, Arthur, we like to keep a low profile, not really uh, get ourselves uh, out there. <laughs> right, right. None of you guys do media at all. None. No, nope, no. not at all. Uh, but, especially but, radio. Uh, we can't find absolutely. either one of you on the, on the airwaves anywhere. Uh, but well, that's interesting. Is, yeah, it's a, bold, it's a bold word to use. I'll just put it that way. Well, so between the uh, – and, you know, I'm fascinated by this, uh, this cell phone tracking technology because um, they, they've been using this in murder cases for a while now. I'm guessing upwards of a decade they've been, they've been – you probably know better than me. Um, but it seems to be pretty, pretty useful in the cases where it comes into play because it, it pretty much says that that telephone was where, where it where it was you know indicated to be at that moment in time, and it's just hard to dispute that. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, when I was a prosecutor, um, I had a, a I tried a case uh, when I was prosecuting crimes in Brooklyn, and. I, I, I received a conviction on a case uh, for a pattern burglary case uh, in Brooklyn. And a big part of my case to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt was using forensic cell phone data and triangulation, which placed this defendant in the vicinity of multiple residences in Brooklyn uh, at or about the time they're burglarized. And that was a pretty, you know, I didn't have surveillance camera footage putting yeah. this guy, you know, breaking into a house and you can see his face or whatnot. I didn't have any any certain, I didn't have any DNA evidence. I had really, um, you know, this guy being arrested with some of the items, 
that were found uh, or taken from certain residences uh, as one point, right, to dot to connect. But then I, I relied heavily to place him um, at or about these these residences at the time they were burglarized by using cell phone data and yeah. having you know an expert come in and describe with a map of South Brooklyn the, the sort of uh, tracking the cell phone pings and placing this individual uh, in the vicinity of those homes when the burglaries happened. And, and the jury gravitated towards that. That was a big piece of evidence. So, you know, it's something that's definitely being used by law enforcement, has for a while. Uh, and when you're sort of now, now you do have the age where residents have ring cameras and things like that. Oh, yeah. There's so much more that supports it. Hey, uh, hold right. that thought. We're coming right back. It's legal night. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. Did you know the human body does not make its own vitamin C? Taking vitamin C is one of the best things you can do for your health, and aqua powders is the best way to get vitamin C. Aqua powders vitamin C is delicious when added to water and provides you with 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C to boost your immune system and increase your energy. Transform your water into wellness with aqua powders vitamin C, available at Amazon. That's Aqua Powders with a Z, available at Amazon. MyPillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow Percale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes. Now on sale, for example, the queen size, regular price $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code. Order now, as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Percale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The my Pillow Percale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code AM970 to receive the My Pillow Percale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. That's 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. Seven, nine, eight. Use the promo code AM970. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen. Free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca Raton. Your show is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show you guys put together a team. I love your show. Everybody's beautiful. We're very Thank fortunate you. to have a great American story. Thank Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. 
I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Listen to us anywhere. Tune in.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am97theanswer.com. What a little moonlight can do. It's Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. So glad to have you with us and so glad to have uh, my partner back on Legal Night. Uh, He's been under the weather, been fighting the the corona, but it looks like he's winning. Uh, he's back in the office. He's, uh, you know, dressed stem to stern as um, uh, acutely as ever and uh, always, always on point with his arguments as well. Imran, I'm sorry. Always glad to have you, uh, you know, back with us on Thursdays. Um, you were, we were just talking about cell phone pinging, which is going to f- figure in pretty big in this Idaho murder uh, investigation for sure. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, and I, I, not all things are political, and I, I certainly have many more things to talk about than just Donald Trump. But I just want to make this point. When Dinesh D'Souza released the 2000 Mules movie last year, the organization called True the Vote had gone basically with that type of strategy in mind to the um, the surveillance uh, that's available the data the cell phone data that's available that they could get uh, they could they could purchase and they actually purchased it all of the cell phone uh, metadata that was available following the 2020 election and in only six cities that was all that they did for the for the movie they tracked these these vote mules that would would go there was one guy that voted he, he brought votes to um, drop-off boxes 53 times in the course of just a couple of days uh, leading up to the election. 53 times he hit uh, the same route of, of drop boxes. And I remember Ben Shapiro and a bunch of other people trying to say, oh, Dinesh D'Souza trying to use you know cell phone pings to prove where someone was is the dumbest thing ever. You don't have any proof that you know they had their own cell phone with them or anything else. But, Emron, from what you're telling me, this is like kind of the gold standard, at least because it's unlikely that someone else is going to have that phone all those times. I mean, someone may have borrowed your phone once. Yeah, put some somewhere where the person actually wasn't. But how many of us get separated from our phone in all in all honesty? Right. And that's what and that's what the value of this this pinging stuff is, because it it really does narrow down exactly where that person was. Yeah, no, it's it's valuable <clears throat> for for law enforcement, um, you know, and for, to, particularly to really for prosecutors. Yo, oh, absolutely, prosecutors rely on all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like you said, you know, this has been you know around for a while, and it's just getting more sharper, more acute in terms of of the data that you're able to get uh, from a cell phone and the location and geographic sort of pinning down someone to a particular location at a certain time. And I yeah. think when you know Kohlberger, it's fascinating. You know, he he allegedly, right? Like you know, he made was if he had the wherewithal, uh, or at least he thought so, of turning his phone off. 
Um, you know, we're so glued <clears throat> to our phones and it's such a necessity for everyday life that you can't turn off your phone forever, right? Uh, and if, and you know, he clearly, uh, based on what we know from prosecutors, uh, turned it off, turned it on, and but there's a, a, a sort of trail going towards the focal point, and that's yeah. the crime I mean, scene. That's- that's the real that's the real gist right so you've got the ping the pinging going on ding 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 he's traveling in the direction ding 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 he gets to the edge turns it off there's this gap that gap matches when the when the bodies are you know killed and then uh then he turns it back on and then ding 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 he's going away from it and it's like it's almost like i mean it's not eyewitness evidence but imran from a technological standpoint it's it's pretty doggone close yeah, and and you know, also the fact that you know it's being turned off at or about that time, you know, that's some consciousness of guilt there that you're turning off your phone for the purpose of evading technology that you may be aware of. Yeah, does that become part of the case that he, the premeditation uh, aspect of it? That can can you prove premeditation because someone turned their phone off? I think it goes to an argument the prosecutors can make, and and also there is a legal concept of consciousness of guilt. Typically, it's it's given to the jury as an instruction uh, by the judge uh, or argument from the prosecution where there's a defendant that is fleeing the scene of a crime. You could in- indicate that or infer consciousness of guilt. I think you could apply that argument here if someone is, in fact, turning their cell phone off uh, when they're about to commit a crime. Yeah, no, I, I think that 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 certainly would seem logical to me. Um, so we'll be watching that case uh, going forward, but very interesting. And uh, thanks for drilling down for us on that a little bit. Hey, we got a little bit of time before the next break. This story about this Michigan man who was given life without parole for essentially the same type of shooting that a teenager that got a lighter sentence did. Um, just what are what's the thumbnail and, and the takeaway from it? Well, you know, I think that in Michigan. With this, uh, with this individual, it was it's, it's looking at how a teenager is going to be handled in terms of a sentence versus an adult. And you know, typically, um, the trend is now in 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 terms of justice and sentences is to be more lenient to a youth or someone who may have been a minor or on the cusp of being the age of majority uh, than an adult. You know, you you can try or prosecute a minor as an adult and that typically happens for heinous crimes uh but you know the sentencing now people are being you know there's revisiting of sentences uh and here i believe in in michigan uh this individual was given a life sentence when he was a for a crime that was committed when he was 17 and now they revisited and uh i believe he's still gonna have a lot of years behind bars i think it was he resentenced to 40 to 60 years um, so I don't expect that this guy's getting out any, any time soon for the murder he committed, but it's just showing a, a trend in, in sort of the prosecution, the way courts are handling minors, uh, and, uh, you know, they resentenced him. Are we, are we seeing that trend, uh, here in New York? Is there, um, is there a willingness to go lighter on kids that do basically the same type of crime? Well, yeah. And there's also, there's precedent coming down. Uh, from the Supreme Court, you know, where there was a a 2012 ruling regarding life sentences against juvenile offenders. And I can tell you as a prosecutor, you know, there was always indications on someone's rap sheet, whether they be a 
a JO, a juvenile offender, or a YO, youthful offender. Right. And that was that was taken in consideration. And I think more so as as you know, there are, are attempts to reform the justice system and the way you know certain uh, segments of society are, are, are handled. You're going to see more of this where someone who has been given a life sentence, particularly if it's running afoul of, of the Supreme Court ruling, they're going to be resentenced. But I think what's indicative here is that, you know, it wasn't a pass. I mean, this guy's still, I think, 40 to 60. That's still, yeah, it's, yeah, big deal. All right, when we come back, Esquire Etiquette time with the one, the only, Imran Ansari. Stay with us. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti, each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. The bigger your 401k, the better your retirement, right? Wrong. The fact is, with proposed new taxes, another market crash, inflation, and rising healthcare costs, you could be forced to downsize your retirement. Discover the secret savvy investors are turning to for retirement security. A new 401k law that unlocks an ingenious retirement protection plan that could protect your savings from inflation and a stock market downturn while boosting your retirement income as much as 40%. It's all laid out in simple language in a new book from Josh Melberg. His insightful guide is your roadmap to retiring with confidence and it's yours free with one call don't risk a lifetime of work building your retirement this little known retirement protection plan could safeguard your wealth and boost your retirement up to 40 percent for your free copy of guarantee your retirement by josh melberg call now call 800-337-8051 that's 800-337-8051 800-337-8051 the mike gallagher shows partnership with relief factor is one of the most glorious, productive, happy things we've ever done. I love getting people out of pain. And it started with me. I'm a selfish guy. I had lower back pain until I started taking Relief Factor. About two and a half weeks in, I woke up one morning and realized, wow, my lower back pain is absolutely gone. Do you know over 70% of people who try Relief Factor through their three-week quick start program of 1995, they order it again? That's because... Relief Factor is a success. It's the 100% drug-free approach to getting rid of the inflammation that causes pain to begin with. And I am so proud to walk into our Relief Factor studios every day because they mean that much to us. Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Try the three-week quick start. It's 1995. Relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. For Relief Factor. This is Mike Gallagher. Join me on an amazing journey through Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are going back to the Holy Land for the Stand with Israel Tour, along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Imagine a personal impact from exploring Jerusalem, Galilee, the Dead Sea region, and so much more. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519. StandWithIsraelTour.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough. 
Well, there is a uh, there's one other legal story that we didn't get to, and we didn't have time to get to it tonight. We we can discuss it next week. Uh, but uh, the state of South Carolina's state Supreme Court, in a three two decision on Thursday today, ruled that the fetal heartbeat act, which um, disallows abortion in that state, calls uh, abortion unconstitutional. They found that that act itself was unconstitutional. So we'll look at that. Uh, in a future episode of Legal Night. But, Mr. Imran Ansari, you've got some Esquire etiquette for us tonight. Yeah, so, Kevin, we're, you know, we're coming out from the holiday season, and, uh, you know, this may be more applicable a few weeks ago, but, you know, no one, first of all, I'm not condoning uh, drinking and driving. It's reprehensible. It causes accidents. People lose lives. So I just want to make that clear. When you get behind the wheel of a car after drinking, you shouldn't do it. Let's just put it that way, right? But I'm going to... For the purposes of this Esquire etiquette, Kevin, uh, I, I always like to bounce things off, something going on in the firm, some, you know, a client, uh, of course, keeping everything confidential, um, but, you know, in general speaking. So if you have had a drink, maybe you haven't had a drink and you get pulled over uh, by the police and, you know, you have nothing to worry about, right, because you're doing the right thing, you, you either haven't drank anything or you, you are well within the legal limits, um, yet you're pulled over and the officer still thinks that you may have had uh, too much to drink. And that's why maybe you were speeding or swerving or what have you. You got to be careful uh, as to what you refuse. If you have nothing to worry about, uh, then, you know, refusing a breathalyzer could do more harm than good uh, because you may be taken uh, and placed under arrest based on the observations of the officer. And the officer may be incorrect. They may think that you have bloodshot eyes, but maybe you have allergies. They may think that they smell something uh, on you, but maybe it's a bad cologne. But, you know, you got to be careful when you refuse because people get nervous. And, you know, I have uh, a case that I've experienced where uh, this person may have had a glass of wine hours beforehand and nothing to worry about whatsoever, but they got scared about the presence of the officer at their window. They refused the breathalyzer and they got arrested. And now there's nothing to really say conclusively other than, you know, a putting up a defense uh, that the person didn't have a drink, right? Because the breathalyzer would have totally been exonerating. Uh, right. But they got scared, they got nervous. So uh, my point is, is that always uh, consider speaking or requesting to speak to an attorney. Uh, but if you really have nothing to worry about, um, don't be afraid to say, yes, I'll submit to the breathalyzer uh, because then, you know, it could be more harm than uh, good if you refuse and they end up taking you in because now they have the probable cause to think that they see some indicia of intoxication uh, and you've refused the breathalyzer. Yeah, no, it makes total sense to me. Um, and that's that's a good uh, Esquire etiquette uh, to uh, close on for this Thursday show uh friends thank you so much for joining us and tomorrow night of course a big show for the fun friday edition we were we we got some really cool things for your weekend uh planned and then uh please make note join me on saturday night on the salem news channel you can download the app on apple or roku uh amazon prime uh google play we're everywhere uh 9 p.m um and uh, we will see you there as well Uh, Imran, have a great evening. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Nick, appreciate all your help. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back tomorrow at this same time. See you then.